Welcome to the continued podcast adventures of Superhero Speak. But I think many of the people that love this character and that love superheroes in general have used these stories as inspiration to say, you know what, I'm going to do something good in the world. I'm going to make a difference like my hero when I was a kid. That is my fondest memory of it because when, you, when you're doing comic books, you want them to affect people. Right. You bring people to care. You want, you want to strike emotions. And I knew that that clone saga was striking a lot of emotions. Can you yeah. imagine uh, Pulp Fiction starring Goofy and uh, Mickey Mouse? I can totally <laughs> imagine that. You I'm sure somebody's written that one. Pounder with cheese in France, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Boy, ale with cheese, Mickey. Yeah. <laughs> I can totally see. See? I, I, would, I would watch the hell out of that movie. Yes, I gladly saw, sacrifice that my. my progeny to you of a mighty marvel beast <laughs> <laughs> but neil adams is somewhere going mm, it's, it's my time uh, <laughs> how do you measure success are we live we're live welcome to unfortunately Super we're Speak. live that is our host dave who is silent bob for today <laughs> i'm john i'm jd i am ben, ben I, I was, thanks for, thanks for joining us Thank you. I'm in the, I'm in, I was in the opening. Yes. Yeah. 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 So watch. Well done. <laughs> I, well, I'm not, you can hear me now, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had technical difficulties right before we started. I thought I lost power, but no, it was I kicked the plug out from my laptop, and this is an old <laughs> MacBook that doesn't hold a charger. It's ghost. It's ghost. <laughs> so we will be asking for you to donate to our Patreon for Dave's new laptop. <laughs> We have a Patreon that we never do anything. Yes, you're right. It's a wonder we have no money. <laughs> I'm pretty there. sure I'm still on there for a dollar. <laughs> but so you give Dave a dollar every month is what you're telling me. Right. You, I'm not well, sure. Are you, uh, well, originally it was to keep him away, but it didn't work. So. No, I don't. That, I, Ten years later, here we are. <laughs> money well wasted. <laughs> yeah. What the hell are we doing? Ah, that's a good question. We're off the rails so fast. John, how are you? Overworked, underpaid, but ripping through light novels like there's no tomorrow. I'm on issue, what is it, the 13th light novel of Reincarnated as a Sword. I'm just amazed at how good the story has gotten. It's supposed to be just a weird isekai, but it's act the, one of the ones you're reincarnated into the world. But it got deep. It's pretty interesting. I'd uh, be interested to talk to JD about the difference between a light novel and a regular novel. There seems Wait. to be some... Wait, yes. you put yeah. the one on the scale and it's lighter than the oh. other. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Good. You got applause here in the in, in the form of thunder. I'll <laughs> take it. That's applause from the Lord. There's, awesome. There's so, some author. There's some writing I stuff I want to get that. into in, in, in this podcast. Okay. Because it'd be interesting. Anyway, so yeah, nothing else. Nothing interesting. Looking forward to a four-day weekend this weekend because you always oh, take yeah. the Monday off before the July 4th because that's usually a company holiday. And otherwise, yeah, once I'm finished with Rain Credit as a Sword, I'm, I've got Solo Leveling, which is an up-and-coming anime. The first season should be airing, I think, this coming season. And then what's the rest of it? Oh, The Saints, Magical Powers, Omnipotent. That's the one I'm going to work on next. Oh. So anyway, man, otherwise, glad to have Dave or Ben here. I was going to so. say, I'm so discombobulated because of the 
what just happened. We're so off. We're throwing completely. I know, off. Ben. You we haven't talked to you since last year. How are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I have a that's a thing I do. I come on podcasts and derail them immediately. Yes, I said anything really, and I just my presence here has set the whole thing asunder. You're the guy that when we're at Search Points booth and we're interviewing someone else, you stick your head in and say stuff while we're talking never. to them. Uh-uh. <laughs> I would never do that. That no, sounds like something no. a real asshole would do. I would never do those and, things. And, and you couldn't be an asshole because of your lovely blonde locks of hair. It's oh, just yeah. Amazing. That's, uh, that, again, I, yeah, I was telling you guys, this is what happens when you get bored. It's just... Yeah. Also going <laughs> I wish well, I could get bored like that. <laughs> well, uh, you, you just said, listen, you're going to cut your hair. If you let it go, you could join Dave and I in this club. But the uh, the biggest thing is, like I said, I got grays coming in now, too. So it's <laughs> kind of a it's, it's pulling double duty. They're yeah. not gray. They're white you, they, or, or silver. It's silver hair, right? Silver. Yes. When you, you say you're going to be distinguished. But uh, first off, I know that you just got back from France. How was that? Wow. Everything is so much sweeter here. That was the yeah. biggest thing that I... Hey, what's up, buddy? <laughs> He's the kid with all the attitude. Special guest stars. Uh, and then, Sorry about uh, that. That was unusual. But it was great. <laughs> yeah. It was so good. He's a cute kid. He is. He He's is. He knows it. He's been to France. Does he want to go? We... He really wants to go to Ireland, actually. Uh, we settled we for Florida. To... We got to do Dublin Comic Con. Oh, it's so it was cool. so much fun. And yeah, we went to France. Everything is sweeter here. That's what I realized. One of the biggest things. Yeah. Everything is sweeter here. People were much nicer than they get credit for. I do speak passable French. So uh, that might have been it too. And oh my God, if I had to wait another two hours for a meal, I was going to lose my mind. Uh, that is a stereotype that's very true. Every meal does take two hours and at a certain point i'm like put it in a bag i will leave and eat this thing <laughs> I, I don't want to be here i'm already only in this country for a week i don't i would say 33 percent of the time i was there conservatively maybe even that's an underestimation was spent sitting at a table waiting for a waiter to do something and again i get it's the culture mm -hmm. i just i needed maybe more of a buffer in to that so that was yeah, man. But otherwise, it was great. I I definitely felt inspired by once you leave America and you kind of see what the world is like when we're not all consumed with work every waking second of every oh week, yeah every day. Yeah. It, it's it invigorates you, makes you realize there's more. So thanks for asking, man. It was good. It was really good. Have you guys ever been to France? I know I have. I've never been to another country. <laughs> I've really? been to France. I've been to France. What? Do I've never you, been to France. Similar experiences to what I'm talking about, all bringing bells at all? Uh, the first thing I did was open a can of soda and it sprayed all over a French person and <laughs> things went downhill from there. It's a long story. I, w I, w I was on a tour of Madrid, France and London. And uh, yeah, we were on the train over the hills to go to France and uh, there was a French person sitting across the table from me. And when I opened the can, it just sprayed all over him. And I didn't speak French because I was a Spanish major or a Spanish student speaker. Yeah. And <laughs> it just, uh, yeah, it was, it did, it, it did not go well. I will say though that, and it was a while back, but yeah, they're just so much more relaxed. They have to worry about healthcare. They get way more vacation than we do. It's just, it's almost like going down South, except you still, you don't have to worry about guns. It's, 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 it's nice. 
we went to Di- so I'm very American in that I do love the Disney theme park. So I did go to Disneyland Paris because I, I thought, well, will I ever have this opportunity again? And uh, there are armed guards out front of Disneyland Paris, not in, but in the sort of what would be the Disney Springs section. And it was very jarring. It was very jarring to have spent a week because we did it on our essentially our last day to have spent a week in this country, have heard nothing about guns, seen no guns, having never seen bumper stickers about how happy people are to have guns and then to see them. It, yeah, it was actually very jarring. Mm, still, must, that must have been fun. Yeah, yeah, the gun part. That, no, like, no, like Disney, Disney, <laughs> Disney, yeah, Disney. Like, walking I, around with an Uzi, man, it was terrifying. I know Disney World, and I, I know I know about, I've seen bits of Disneyland, but uh, I've never. I, what's it like in Paris? What's the difference? Paris is run down. They it's definitely the like bastard stepchild <laughs> of wow. the Disneyland parks. There's some rad stuff. Their haunted mansion I was really excited about because it's called Phantom Manor. And it's an old West style thing. And that was great. And it was like a five minute wait the entire time because I guess no one likes it. And so I was, but I was thrilled. And a lot of stuff just needs like paint, the people that also, so the cast members were on the whole pretty unpleasant, which is very not, wow, that's not their thing. But yeah, normally they get renditioned if they do anything like that. So I will say this, we were there as currently right now they're going on strike so the day before we went they were on strike that day two days later they were going to go on strike we locked it in right in that middle so i would be very keen to believe that was a had a huge factor in that but it yeah in general it's just it doesn't have that same magic that it does here and i can see it's also do you guys know the comedian eddie izzard remember him oh yeah oh hell yeah 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 yeah. let them eat cake cake or death uh, what cake or death and he does the whole bit about well, you can't fill Disneyland here. We have castles, right? Like we. That's true. <laughs> so I think a bit of that is still alive in there, but it was nice. I, I'm glad I went. I'm glad I went. Cool. But uh, hey, do you guys, do you guys want to talk about the flash a little bit? Sure. Yeah, well, we'll we did last week. We can do it again. Oh, yeah, you did we'll, already we'll... last week. I was looking at the show notes. I was trying to get... we'll, we'll get to that. First, how are we'll... you doing, JD? Oh, I'm fine. Yeah. I didn't go to France or nothing. Uh, no, we came back street. from Disney World, and uh, the seven-year-old had the COVID, unfortunately. Oh, so we were home. We were down. I was fine. Like I, I passed every single test I took, and felt fine. But the kid had it for about a week, so we stayed at home and just hung out around the house and <clears throat> didn't really leave for the better part of a week. And then he wow. got it at the end. Did you get the full trip in and get to go to all the parks? Yeah, we did everything. We did everything, and then my mother-in-law, who went with us, was feeling down. So they flew and I drove because we saved money that way. If I just drove our luggage, we found cheap airlines that, that charged you per luggage. So I just drove all the luggage down there and they took these stupid cheap flights. Nice. Yeah, and it was out. cheaper. Yeah. Worked out for me. I got a nice vacation in the car by myself for two days, four days total. So anyways, I'm driving home and the wife calls me and goes, yeah, Andy just popped for COVID. And I was like, oh, shit. So I tested immediately. I went to, I was in a hotel in Kentucky and passed. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess I'm waiting. Tick, tick. Fine. Boosters. So it was good. Both being a good dad, just stayed at home while the wife, because I'm a teacher, so I'm off this time of year. Yeah. And uh, my wife has a normal job, so I just hung out with my seven-year-old all week. So did nothing cool. How did the seven, was it the seven-year-old's first time at the parks? It was the seven-year-old's first time at the park. And verdict? We, as I have not been since 1989. So for wow. me, it was, it had been a long trip. We did not like the Magic Kingdom. Yeah. We loved Hollywood Studios. Yeah. 
loved Universal Studios. So we were not, it might have just been the day. The magic, it was incredibly yeah. hot, and it took us an hour and a half to leave the park because we stayed for the fireworks. And if I had known it was going to take an hour and a half to leave the park, I probably would have said, maybe we could reconsider the fireworks this time around. <laughs> so the Magic Kingdom was not a fantastic experience for us. But we, I liked Hollywood. It had, had all the Star Wars stuff, which really Of helped. course. Did you go on Rise? I did. I went as many... Yeah, the Ma- dude, Space Mountain is, is the goat, right? It's still awesome after all these years. It's great. A lot of the Magic Kingdom rides I did not love. I did not love the Pirates of the Caribbean. I did not love the Jungle Cruise. The kid had fun, which is what's important, right? He had fun. The Star Wars rides were a lot of fun, actually. I quite enjoyed those. The Rise of the Resistance is a good ride. Like, it's very interactive. They take yes. you hostage. You have yeah. to escape. You have to escape from a prison cell. I, I'm like, at first, I'm like, I don't want to do all this. And then halfway through, I'm like, this fucking rules. I'm having the <laughs> best time doing this. And then Universal had most, we did mostly the 3D rides and stuff like that. Cause I think he's still a little too little and a little too chicken to go on like real roller coasters. I just don't think he's beefed up the confidence yet. So we did all like the 3D rides and had a good time with the exception yeah. of the, uh, the Hagrid's ride at Universal, which was a lot of fun. So it was, good, it was a good vacation on the whole. That is Hagrid's is the only ride that I have not ridden in it's all fun. of the parks that you just named. It's fun. Hagrid's is a lot of I think it's newer, I think, right? It, the last time we were down there, it was refer being worked on. That was that was nothing you can do about that. And no, it's yeah. fun. It looks- I highly recommend. Don't know if we'll be making our way back there for a while, but it was a good it was a good trip. My little guy had a great time, which is all that matters. Yeah, that's huge. Seven's and that's that's a great age too, seven. Because <laughs> The, they'll remember and they're engaged and they're yes. trying things. Yeah. And, and he's not still... worried about naps. Oh, like... yeah. I wish he worried about naps. I worried about naps. <laughs> like, it was, he's like the perfect age for it because he, he popped for Winnie the Pooh. He's like, Winnie the Pooh. Like, he's still, he popped, he Winnie popped the Pooh. for Pooh. He's like wrestling terms. I use he wrestling for Pooh. I use wrestling terms all the time. Like, yeah, he, he was a big fan of Winnie the Pooh. Is that a heel turn? Yeah, that, he was a little fired up for the heffalumps. He, he, I told him they'd make a face turn at the end, and he didn't believe me that didn't happen. But he had a good time. It was his first ride. The poo ride is his first ride ever. Was it's the perfect break a kid into doing a ride because by the end of the day we were on Space Mountain. So yeah. if we just jumped right into that, it might have been part of his therapy in the future. But this time we got to ease him <laughs> gently into. Okay, they're going to get a little more intense from here. But yeah, Seven's great because he still digs Winnie the Pooh, and he's super into Star Wars. So his he still likes the little kid stuff, but he's starting to get into the bigger kid stuff more. Like there's we're in a nice little nice little midway ground of childhood where you're my still nep- yeah. my nephew's seven, and he will get down and play with his toys his trucks and stuff like that and then yeah. and then he'll play video games with me too yeah you know, same. It, it, it's in that middle area it's yeah. it's such a, like that to 10 just gold yeah, and, yeah. It, he's the same way too he'll play with his toys and then he'll want to talk talk about star wars and then he'll want to be like ask questions like how does the kyber crystal work and then he'll want to just <laughs> just hang out with his stuffed animals it's this great like little midway spot from little to getting bigger and he's a lot of fun right now Dave, how was your week? <laughs> mm, uneventful. <laughs> Until, well, the no. Until the show started. And then well, it got that, eventful. Actually, that's not true. I, I've been on this really big project at work, and they all, on Thursday, brought us all into a big meeting, and I was like, oh, it's been canceled. That rules. Oh, no, it doesn't. Oh, when you have a meeting canceled, then you have your day. It's the, no. The, oh, the project, project the project. Oh, I misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah, oh, I don't know. There's, about that one. there's something going on where they're saying we're going to be losing money at coming up. So I'm a little nervous, but we'll see. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's 
because our the main two insurance that we work with are Medicare and Medicaid, and they changed rules about what we can charge for. It's a <sighs> it's interesting times. Branch is looking better and better. Healthcare, yeah, in this country is confusing. Is that what you're? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> huh. that we're a medical management hey, company. Honey. <laughs> we're a medical management company and they give they do durable equipment and transportation and those kinds of things and it's just now medicare's oh you can only charge for these things you can't charge for some of the stuff that, some of our services anymore i work so, in currently at current i work in adulting health so i work oh uh, okay i work with all the funding sources for that kind of stuff yeah but disney's so much more fun to talk about yeah <laughs> exactly the other or thing the flash I, before we get to the flash though there's something else i watched this week i'm curious if anyone else watched the first episode of secret invasion no jd i I am actively what's the banning word abstaining abstaining the fucking ai man that's such a bummer no they swear that no artist lost their any work over it it wasn't oh you're talking about the opening credits the opening credits which look like it's all done in ai such a bummer they're saying it wasn't That they used it. The, the they used an artist who used the AI, but no one lost the job over it. Dude, if I plug something into AI in the mid journey and give you the results, that does not make me the artist. I'm right. just saying, it just makes me know, the dude punching the keys. They're trying it, uh, to defend it, and it's like a real bad look oh, in yeah. the midst of a WGA strike and an impending SAG strike. Yep. That you are just you're using these. It's fu- it's a shit look. It's an awful thing, and I it's got me so. This <laughs> right, maybe I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I did see the Flash, <laughs> and Ezra's whole thing's not great. No, I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just such a DC fanboy that I tried to see. If it. we've got a lot of this kind of stuff to talk about, there's another thing in our show notes about this too. About if, what, if over one the other to, side, Mark? if one were to believe in economic justice, one mm. could say that Warner Brothers Discovery has paid for their sins for continuing to work with Ezra because this movie is in fact a disaster. Yeah. We've hit that spot. It is a it is going to be looked at as a failure despite yeah. whatever thought of the movie. So if you had beef with with if you had justifiable beef I should say cuz that person has got problems. We'll right. leave it at that. Uh, the market agrees with you. That person yeah. has it's, problems. It was, and it's a shame too because I actually oh pardon me. Sorry. Hold on. Switching legs. I'm old. I I'm right behind you. <laughs> I, I I liked it. I did like it. I thought it was a big swing. And I enjoyed what they did. And I'm so pissed that Ezra Miller is a good actor. I know. How did that happen? There's not All he needed was a good director. Now that the ones who actually have some talent need to be such pieces of shit. Yeah, unfortunately. That's the, that was a huge shame of it, too. It's like we watched Air last night. The Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah. How was that? And, Nike. Uh, it was great. It was so Affleck directed it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the funny thing was, there's a scene between Jason Bateman and Matt Damon that takes place in this bathroom. And they're not talking about anything that's super meaty, but it's definitely progressing the plot. And they're just two masterful actors doing a wonderful job in a movie that's just telling a story. And uh, I forgot how much I love that sometimes. Yeah. Without these big swings at multiverses and timelines or the uh, tenet being the same forwards as it is reverse and all these gimmicky things that are technically difficult but and just watching these great actors and god damn it i was ezra played both of those characters of the flash well yeah they did 
Yeah, that was a bummer. I actually, it's funny, I saw it by myself. I really haven't been to any cons, so I've talked to no one about it. This is my first time actually getting to say anything about anything. Yeah. Now, well, where, I, where are you guys? I know we're a little mixed we on did, We did a full I, review on it last week. I think the yeah. verdict was we liked it, but it's messy. I didn't like it that much. It was mid for me. By the way, worldwide, it's done $210 million. And by all accounts, it costs 200 to $220 million to make. They were saying it was going to have to make break even. Five, like $500 million to break even. Yeah. Yeah, because budgeting is always half of whatever yeah. it was to make it. Marketing. Right. Marketing, so yeah. it's, it is in real trouble. Yeah. And they canceled Batgirl. So look at it this way. Less, I think. How bad was it? For- yeah, we turned out that it turned out that they couldn't release Batgirl based on the ending of this one. Because if Superman yeah. or if Supergirl oh, yeah. and Batman are both dead, that, that means our Batgirl movie that heavily relies on Michael Keaton that's what doesn't work. But if they'd stuck with the original ending, they could have done it. No, I'm not saying it was I'm not saying they made a smart move. I'm just saying they made the yeah. move they made reflected what they chose like we like the decision we came to was like because again me i, I like the first act a lot i enjoyed the second act and by the third act i'm like that really feels like notes it really felt like people were, okay we need this to happen and that to happen it just and i didn't hate it by any stretch of imagination like i left the movie with a smile on my face but when i thought about it stuff bothered me and like i liked it i don't know if i'm gonna see it again but i liked it yeah, it's it was uh, it, it it did it <laughs> DC. Remember when this is gonna be weird, but bear with me. Remember when Frozen came out? Yeah, yeah, and it was the big twist of the. It's actually a love story between sisters, the not sisters, a, yeah, not a, a guy and a girl, and yeah. part of that was because of the decades of previous installations from Disney going guy and a girl love story. That's what this is. And then uh, this is kind of that same thing where DC benefited from the fact that so much of their stuff before has been just God awful. Oh, I agree. <laughs> this fairly competent movie. <laughs> yeah. I, by I, comparison. I, I, now I'll say this. I did not yet see guardians of the galaxy three. I did not yet see spider verse again, DC fan. Like I really want. Yeah. And I know both of those, I've just gotten so much better reviews and press and everything. So I, I might be, <clears throat> if I had seen both of those. <laughs> and, wait, what would you say? John's out of here. He just bailed on the show. He, wow. He really hated that. I like the flash. <laughs> if I had seen both of those first and then seen this, I might've maybe there's a very good chance that I would not have felt as pleased with it. No, I like, I th- I like I think- Spider-Verse. I think the different, they're both, Tone like not tonally, but like conceptually similar. Like we're dealing with the multiverse and multiple versions of the same character, yeah. and it's just Spider Verse does such a cleaner job. And it's Spider Verse isn't without its flaws either. But like they're both Spider Verse has just got so much heart into it. Dave hates it because he hates the existence of Gwen Stacy. Yeah. No, Gwen. Spider Gwen, excuse me. Yes. Got to get specific. I've seen it twice. I love Spider Verse. I, I think saw both movie. versions. I didn't know there was multiple versions, but it explains why I'm like, I thought that line was that. Like, there's I was watching two versions. Out. There's a couple different versions floating around where they have just it's different getting, line, just it's different getting lines of dialogue yeah. here and there. Yeah, it's weird because yeah. I did oh, get Lucased. Well, how do you know which one you're seeing? You don't. There's nothing big as far as plot. It's not like Clue where you're watching. That's an old reference for you. Whereas yes. the ending is when different. The theater, they went off the theaters yeah. and every single one had there a different, different ones, yeah. It's yeah. not quite there, but like different movies have like different takes or different takes of dialogue and stuff like that. Like nothing big on the plot, but just like little lines here and there are different. But okay. it changes the tone of certain scenes. It does. Like almost drastically. Just one oh. or two, two or three scenes that are changed to, to, 
spectrum when like spider gwen's motives changed drastically in manhattan just on her reaction to when miles gets buried in rubble like going from oh my god to just saying nothing when she runs up like just little touches like that like, and change how you yeah. feel about a character that sounds like a pretty major change, by the way, an entire motivation. I, 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 I know. I don't know if it changes the motivation per se, but it just it gives you a different outlook on why she's doing what she's. Right. Yes. It's your. It's more changing your perception, not hers. Oh, huh, interesting. Right. Oh it's, yeah, no, yeah, it changes how you yeah. feel about the how character. you feel about the character. Yeah, oh, it's very interesting. It's interesting. It's and again, I didn't realize it until I'd seen it for the second time already, and I was like, well, if I'd realized that, I'd have gone back and paid closer attention to things. So, no, I Mandela seeing, effect in different universes. And sometimes that happens. <laughs> You're like, I swear to God, that looked like this. Well, yep. <laughs> I kind of, with my answer, diverted us. But have you guys seen The Secret Invasion? Is it should is it worth watching? Is First episode is good so far. It's interesting. It's very different than the comic story. It's a completely different story, basically. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's interesting. There's a interesting plot twist at the end of the first episode. I want to say plot twist, but something co- that you don't see coming. Have both of you seen it? I have. No, I ha- I have. JD has it. You, so you I guys all have. Can you just? I was too busy out running COVID. JD was. You know how I am with the Marvel shows right now. I'm like I'm sour on a lot of the Marvel shows at the moment. I'm going Wait, so through. Can we, we just talk about the plot? Oh yeah, I'm spoil. Yeah, spoil. I don't. Doesn't sure? bother okay. me. Right, everyone, spoiler, spoiler mm-hmm. for everybody. We and by the all way, right, so, we're completely out of order here. We're in the we're in the news now. We have even the notes. That's what I so, said. Good, good. No, no social media madness. We skipped over it. Sorry. So the premise. No tag. No takebacks. The premise is instead of the scrolls coming from outer space and have plotted people in spots throughout the years, it's the same thing. Obviously, you remember there were refugees. Did you see Captain Marvel? Yeah. So there are refugees that have been living on Earth, and now there's a schism between the two groups. There's like a group that doesn't like living in hiding among the humans, so they want to just take over the Earth. Yeah, they're they're tired tired of waiting waiting. for their own planets we've got a perfectly good one right here so this is the disney villain thing now right where it's even though there are villains they're not screams marvel (laughs) kassan says secret invasion screams marvel fans are dumb it feels like what you're saying is they're setting it up so that they can still have the scrolls as good guys as miss you know have so you have this separate faction and their i their plan and i get kassan when i think about this their plan is scrolls are immune to radiation. So let's radiate the whole planet, get rid of the humans, and take the planet for ourselves. Now, here's the problem. If they haven't been paying attention since they came to the planet 30 years ago, it seems like they've completely forgotten that the Earth is home to or the focus of some of the most powerful beings in the galaxy, at least, if not the universe. And what's their plan? Because the first thing that comes to mind is they know Carol Danvers is a thing. So if they're going to wipe out the human race and commit a genocide and yeah, then she they, comes back, what do you think her reaction is going to be? They address that, too, because they say she left and she didn't seem to care. So, well, yeah, but we know. But that's just dumb thinking, because this, this is a being that like can punch, come punch out demigods. Like, why would they? And that's not even to mention, like, the Asgardians and all the other beings that are I'm trying to read it there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Paranoid man spills all of his knowledge to a guy he can't be sure is a scroll or not. Sure, yeah, yeah he's exactly. paranoid about. The yeah. plot dictate the plot necessitates that happening. Right. As Just like the, the uh, plot necessitates Captain Marvel not being on Earth. What's his face? The guy, the agent. Freeman. 
Freeman. Hey, Marty Freeman. I can't think of the character's name. It's a, Me neither. Oh. Morgan Freeman? No, Freeman, Marty no. Freeman. No, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's the one who's getting all the information dumped. And then plot that's the first plot twist. He ends up being a scroll. But yeah, they don't, now they don't say that he's been, been a, scroll a scroll all along. Yeah, I was going to say, when did that... Was he a scroll during Black Panther? Was he a scroll? You know what I mean? They don't address well, that. Oh, the internet thinks he was a scroll since Martin Freeman was conceived. So there's just... There's a, so in The Hobbit, he was a scroll? <laughs> Why the fuck would he help anyone ever any of this if he was oh now they're going back and they're reevaluating like everything he's done in every marvel property and see there scroll i knew it all along yeah, i've been through this before right. man we went through this with the comic secret invasion and none of those things stuck right remember yeah. we thought electra is a scroll how long has electra been a scroll oh two weeks <laughs> yeah and i just one i think it does it cheapens black panther right i don't want them to do that two i don't know man again i'm not Eh. Kassan says plot contrivances only work if it's not hammered over your head. Correct. Fair. Yeah. That's a fair statement. Every um, mystery writer knows that, right? Maybe not everyone. So, Dave, what'd you think? What'd you think? I, was, I thought it was boring. Like, I don't really? really care. So Fury's been up on Saber. That's the space station that's flying around. Oh, I think he's been driving a little Saber. That's what that <laughs> and, and he's been dealing with PTSD from being blipped out. Yeah. And then, so he's been like hands off with everything, but he came down because he found out this was going on and he feels guilty because he allowed the scrolls to come here. So he's trying to figure out what they're doing and stopping, try to stop them. And okay. But are they still doing the thing? I should probably just watch the damn thing, but are they still doing the thing where it's like half of the scrolls don't want to do this bad thing? Yes. Cut. So Talos, far, Talos, Talos is and a few good. other people that still are with him are, but he got kicked out of the scroll council because he wasn't moving fast enough to get them a new planet or blah, and blah, blah. Block one of the, one of the so. people, the resistance or these new scrolls, the evil scrolls is his daughter. So they're trying to throw that kind of twist in there where it's, Oh, like he can, he has a chance to capture his daughter and stop her, but he ends up letting her go. Big mistake. Yeah. It's just, okay. You could have ended the show right there. And then Maria Hill, that was the part that was just like shocking. Is she a scroll? No. Oh, but they kill her. She did. Oh, really? She did. You know what? Mm. This whole thing, mm. it feels like the over explanation of everything, the like the giving everyone the exact reason why they're doing what they're doing so early is the par- the best part about the scroll. It's like the thing, the movie, the thing, right? John Carpenter uh-huh. yep. is that you truly don't know. And that level of suspicion, that's yeah, I, I agree. Oh, yeah. I didn't you know, think and, and it's going like... to be there. Like, it's going to be there in places. But the fact that you already know that it's the two, because if you didn't, you could play up this thing of like body snatchers, but well, Donald I... Sutherland body snatchers. You then, because, all right. So you put Samuel L. Jackson's character into the situation of having to figure out, parse through which ones are the good ones and the bad ones. And they were friends and he did leave them here. And then that guilt of bringing these people here, but and then having lost complete control over it. And all control, not just over half of them, like of the whole thing. And then, man, that could have been so fun. That could have well, been. Well, yeah, I this agree. Might I be the, they... This might be the setup, though, and they're going to no, now but... play into that for the next couple episodes, I think. Yeah, but wait and see. I think what Ben's saying, and I totally agree with this idea, is like, it should have been a slower burn. Don't tell us everything that's going on in the first episode. But I think they're afraid. If they don't tell you everything in the first episode, you're going to bail because you're like, what, what is this? It doesn't they need to throw the high concept at you right away to make sure you stick with it. Right. I think what happens a lot of these streaming shows is they open big 
Sorry. And then they like really <laughs> funnel down. So they're yeah. trying to hook you immediately and bring you in. Uh, Kassan says, in a bigger issue, in a world of Guardians of the Galaxy, how can the issue of a bit of have a hab- habitat? Habitable. I can't say this it's word. Right. Habitable. Habitable. Yeah. Be a th- habitable. This <laughs> comment. That's brilliant. Oh, he's, oh Kassan does Fucking this all the time. Great point. Guardians that of the Galaxy is- showed tons of planets. Why do the scrolls need Earth? I agree 100%, by the way. It's. Yeah, and he's it's, right. it's not like the existing Avengers on planet don't have don't have was it they can still give the Guardians of the Galaxy a call. It's not like they they don't have a connection yeah. to them. Yeah, have you looked exactly. around here? Do you really want to move here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's right? Like, it's like Detroit. Ooh, do you really want to live here? Detroit is the Earth is the Detroit of the galaxy. I think so. <laughs> if I've offended anybody from Detroit, like Grant Hill. <laughs> um, I'll watch a couple more episodes, but yeah, I felt like they gave way too much away, and then I got bored with it really fast. And if you got bored with it, I'm my eighty-year-old brain is going to really struggle with this one. Yeah, I think. I've watched so much anime, I'm used to waiting to see if the plot drops later. So I'll give it another episode you or have, two and see. You it have does. the film patience of a saint. You'll be like, I watched eighty-seven episodes of this anime, and I'm just not feeling it. That's the problem is that 87 episodes is usually how long it takes Goku to power up to throw a punch. So yeah. I'm used to waiting that long for something. That's, I give you credit for it. Me, you know, 20 so, minutes, and I'm like, I'm bored. <laughs> so during the pandemic, I was lucky enough to have a job writing a book for a fella overseas. And it was a prose novel. Hint for the next segment. And uh, he was a massive anime fan. And I, I'm not really, right? For me, anime is Cowboy Bebop is perfection. is just perfection. Yep. You know what I mean? And I like Full Metal Alchemist. So obviously I have a very, it's like a a Adult Swim circa 2006, right? Yeah. You're not a connoisseur of trash. You were looking for the highbrow stuff. I I don't know. I don't know. Pretty much. Like I've tried other things. But anyway, here's the point was that we would be doing fights, right? And I would, the American way of looking at fights or the Western philosophy is that it's a build to the punch, Right. And then because most of the time it one punch is really all you get. And then after that, people either break it up or one punch takes us out because we're fucking awful meat sacks <laughs> or something else versus the complete opposite where it's you keep pun- every punch gets bigger and crazier and bigger. And then it's so two completely separate things. And I had to constantly he would always say, stretch it out, stretch it out. And so the, your 87 episodes to finally get to the that that was a that new punch, concept yeah. for me as in working on things and thinking about how to build these things up and i'm still not totally sold on it but i but it was fun and it was interesting to play in that world coming yeah. from the complete opposite side yeah the best writers of manga know how to capitalize on that buildup of expectation and as opposed to the bad writers that are just like, oh, you thought, oh, this big moment's coming. And then it's like nothing. And then or basically pulling out what a heroes, like the end of the first season of heroes where you're like, oh, there's going to be this massive battle between right. the guy who steals powers and the guy who just, you know, crews them and nothing happened between them. So, yeah, it, it's if you do it right you get something like One Piece or Dragon Ball Z. So makes, if you do it wrong, it what? If it makes you feel better, Heroes actually got worse after that moment. Yeah. I know, right? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah. All right. We are running along. So you know what? 
We're gonna cut. We are gonna skip social media madness. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> and a cry went out amongst the land. I could but use some tasty minstrels like, right now. If you would like to know how you can follow us on social media, to be part of social media madness when we eventually do it again, here's our good friend Don to tell you more. Enjoying the show? Do you want to be part of social media madness? Go ahead and head on over to superheroespeak.com. You'll find all the links you need, episodes of the show, comic reviews by Chris. And other articles, we're posting stuff on there all the time. And while you're there, you can also check out the rest of the Geek World All-Stars Podcast Network. Great shows like the Pop Prison Power Podcast, Cult 45 Baby, So Wizard Podcast, Fans on Patrol, The Gorilla Brain Podcast, and of course, Superhero Speak. Hashtag GW All-Stars, and you're not going to be disappointed. So, make sure that you are commenting on our Twitter articles, could be a poignant comment, could be a stupid one. Either way, gives you a chance for Dave to possibly mispronounce your Twitter handle. All right, I've rambled on enough. Let's head back to Dave and the gents on Superhero Speak. It is true. We do not have the opportunity to hear Dave butcher countless people's Twitter handles this week. <laughs> Thank you for that. John, don't forget to check out the Omega Level Nerd Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever podcasts are available. And are here... Make sure you leave a link. link. Leave a comment section down below. Tell us what you thought the Secret Evasion, if you've seen it so far. And also hit that subscribe button and click that bell for notifications so you don't miss us when we go live on normally Sunday nights at 8.30. All right. On that note, real quick, we are going to take a quick commercial break and be right back with some interesting news. Some podcasts are like this. I don't wash my hands. I don't really trust people that wash their hands because, one, I don't think it does anything. And some podcasts are like this. And let's be honest, I'm starting to think it's a scam because I have a very painful sunburn. They had no sunblock in the 17, 1800s, but yet nobody was dying of skin cancer. So what's <laughs> giving you skin cancer? Listen, that the is a phenomenal point. But only one podcast is where you can get in-depth analysis like this. So like Max is like searching through these fake photos of his old fight for the murder memories and we get another flashback and it's fucking it's the same it's the same flashback fucking nothing has changed no information has been added cave in skull head explosion nothing about this flashback gives us anything new two rings grab a rope nothing about this is important why are you showing why are you wasting my time showing this fucking flashback that I've already seen was there a quota to show David Carradine's face like 85 times? It had to have been. You are now, now listening to Call 45. This is Beat'em Down. And I'm Random Randy Savage. Find us on all your podcatching apps like Podbean or Spotify. And follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or just go to www.cult45podcast.com. Also check out our YouTube for that sweet video content. Call 45, the only podcast that puts hair on your chest. After these messages, we'll be right back. Randy's <laughs> I love that native, Randy's innate ability to find the dumbest white people in the world never ceases to amaze me. I thank him. I wish he was in the car. I wish he was watching tonight, but we're off. We're off time, so he's not here. But I know you're listening. So, again, I tip my cap to you, sir. Yes, there are a lot of dumb people white people. He has not asked me once yet. Oh, Randy, to talk to our guy over here. I'm the dumbest white guy you're ever going to meet, Randy. Come on. <laughs> I don't.
don't know, man. I keep seeing these commercials, and he keeps finding some incredible shit to throw out at us. And every week I go, wow, wow. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's every it's week it's sad, actually. Oh, it's beyond like, sad. We live. In I like the the girl who questions the validity of hand washing. That was fun. Mm. Oh my! So we were talking about the Flash a little bit, and uh, and you loved it. However, this recently came out. They basically said, yeah, if you felt that the VF VFX in the movie were a little lacking, that was done on purpose. Purpose, or was it just done fast? That's it was done fast. Like they're saying, if it felt like it was done in a week, it was. That's not done on purpose. That's done under budget. That's the Zaz going tick, tick. It's funny because one of the things they said was they felt guilty because there was so much VFX stuff that has to be done in general because there's only so many houses that are doing it in Hollywood and there's all these Marvel movies, all the DC movies, any special effects heavy movie that's out there and there's more and more movies are special effects heavy. They were like, they felt bad so they said just do this as within this time frame if it's not done it's fine we'll put it out the way it is at least that's how dc was or warner brothers was justifying it wow yeah movie companies famous for telling places you know what guys <laughs> i want to be as nice to you as humanly possible how True. can i executive abc <laughs> make your life a little easier yeah i, I feel how like can you bad. a one percenter <laughs> you know what's I, fun no, so you know what's funny is that these people, they make these, they like, oh, the movie has to be out on this date. And then they're willing to crunch to, to cut all these corners to get it to hit this date. And then they release it and it doesn't go right. And they go, what a failure. It's no shit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You set yourself up to failure every time. It's interesting because you know what other comp or genre has the, is the video games, right? And they get day one and they get the yep. patch. And then in some games can't recover beyond the day one release with shit patches and yep. then some do like a patch fixes all the big problems that they knew they were going to have i wonder it'd be interesting is if movies end up doing the same thing right where <laughs> you buy a ticket to the flash it's good for whatever v 1.3 comes out a month later. well this is an industry-wide problem just look at what netflix did with their animators and they revolted and we're going to talk later or maybe now, I don't know, about yeah, well, what happened with Spider-Verse. So other... it's no wonder there are so many, what is it, so many strikes right now. And they're all banding together because it's just, they, it, and then you look at the executives like, oh, I got my bonus with $3 million in my fourth yacht. But it's just, and they're still trying to make these people gig workers. There's two things to that. JD makes an excellent point. As you they know. announced the movies with a release date before they realize what it's going to take to do it. Oh, yeah, that's any. You know, I, I can tell you any ever. project as a software developer that I've ever been on where they're like, get it done by this date, it never works. Never. Yep. But yet, Hollywood isn't going to stop and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, let's push it back six months. And you know what's wild is I don't, as a comic book, so I'm here tonight to talk about a prose novel right now, right? But I've got four issues of Seance Room coming out. I've got a new book coming out with Scout Comics. And before any of that went to previews, it was done, right? Yeah. <laughs> the thing was done, and then we picked a date because right. why not? Why? <laughs> it makes the most sense, doesn't it? And this is one of those cases where my, my first thought is always devil's advocate. I'm not in that position. Maybe there are things that we don't know about the intrinsic elements. But if the end result is that your films are failing, 
you're losing money. You have to play this dumb fucking game of, oh, we <laughs> did it on purpose, really, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're making yourself look like an asshole. So then is it like, yeah, the system might call for this, but is the system fucked? Maybe time to change it. I don't know. The system but is not, fucked. Not that comic books is exactly the greatest system out there either, but at least when something gets announced, you know you're going to get the finished thing. Well, that's right. the thing, though, is these companies are struggling to make up for lost revenue from the pandemic still. We're three years out. John, is the apocalypse happening outside your house? Jesus. No, that's um, just Thor fighting Loki again. Yeah. Good Lord. Anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you've got these studios are trying to recover all these massive losses and they just keep pushing stuff out and then they keep going, why is this stuff underperforming? And now Warner's right. out there saying, oh, we're going to use an AI to make sure to see what green, what projects to green light now. Oh. Just, just like you guys. Okay. You so- guys are so inept. You're so inept. You can't even trust yourself to see what will work or not. So let you me- can't, you're that, it's just unbelievable. So, okay, let's tail dove this into the other article. Tail dove? Dovetail. Dovetail. Thank you. Dovetail this into the other article. The AI that's writing our script just... Dave's AI is crapping out. Across the Spider-Verse, over 100 artists, VFX artists, quit while they were making that movie because the deadlines were just insane. There was too much pressure, they said. so they 12 hours a day, seven days a week for a year. And then we we also talked about how... Them's animation hours. You mentioned the AI being used in the intro for Secret Invasion, but let's be honest: Are the number crunchers going to say, you know what? Let's just start using AI for the special effects. Yes, that's what's going to happen. And then you know, and the sad truth of what's going to happen. I hate to say it, and I'm still going to create at the top of my game as if it's not the case. But the truth is, we will all become accustomed to it. We will all lower our standards collectively because. That's the option. Now, over time, it will eventually take hold. You look at the state of music, right? If you look at music from classical to what's currently on the radio, it is the absolute most banal version of music you could possibly have. Yeah, it fucking and, sucks, um, man. And we ultimately all have just said, yep, we're fine with it. And maybe not the four of us per se, but enough people that it's clearly working and that's why they keep doing it oh no it's not just that it's working it's making people money here's the thing there's already there's already an instance of spotify having to close down a whole mess of streams of these guys that are just creating music using ai on the other side they've got a guy i forget where the article was there's a guy who wrote a whole bunch of children's books and did it with the ai with also doing the illustrations with the ai right and in dave and i's neck of the woods, I've got executives all up and down the chain going, oh, we want to use AI. We want to use these the AI to help you code faster and everything. And it's I'm thinking to myself, under, underneath all this developer, I'm actually a computer scientist at heart. And I know for a fact that AI will, yeah, it'll write code for you. And then when you ask it, is this code secure? It will lie to you and say yes, but it isn't. It's just, I think as long as it that... makes people money, it's going to take hold. But it's just going to it's going to be almost as well. No, it's going to be worse than when self-publishing became a thing. And then if you want to find something good to read, you have to wade through all this stuff that everybody's self-publishing that normally wouldn't get published. But now, yeah, no, <laughs> you, you, still, you still get I know you, you still get a lot of stuff that normally wouldn't have made it through the gatekeeping. Right. That was actually good. Yeah. 
But the thing is that we're going to get this flood of people that are just like, oh, I can spend an hour, write a book, and because of scales of economy, I'll get 50,000 people that'll buy this because there's just so many people in the world. They'll make enough money to do it again, even if it's bad. Kassan's got the the ultimate point here. The problem with AI is that it's derivative. It can't innovate. There was an article where AI is reprocessing previously generated AI art. The result is no bueno. A copy of a copy is not good. And, and it's the inbreeding, essentially. Yes. Um, <laughs> right, because like, that's what it's doing is it's taking gathered knowledge and saying, okay, this is how to do this. And but it's I not to John's point, it's the reality is you're not arguing the quality of the content. Yeah. You're arguing, does it make money for the 10 people at the absolute top? Yeah. And, and if it does, and can I get it that's, faster? Yeah, that's right. what'll exist. Yeah, because I don't even think it's not. I don't even think it's going to be the studios going back to movies that's going to say, "Let's use AI to, to do it." I think it's the VFX houses are going to say, "We got to get this done in three months," and that there's no way we can do it with the people we have. We're going to have to start utilizing AI. Then what'll happen is the studios will be like, "Yeah, but they did it in three months," and it's like, yeah, they did it in three months with inferior product and AI, and then they'll be like, "Yeah, but." They did it. So we expect yeah. you to do it in three months now. Exactly. And, and then, then the, the next, next people get it in two months. You know what I mean? And that's so the thing, like, though, is people are going to bitch. Because what do people complain about with these movies more? I think it's the special effects. Because there's movies are so special, especially stuff we talk about. It's so special effects driven. And the quality yeah. isn't getting better. It's gotten dramatically worse over the last few years in a lot of cases. Yeah, so yeah. people are continuing yeah. to complain about it. And the grosses are going to keep going down. And they're going to we'll do it cheaper. And it's going to be like... Eventually, it's going to be like Roger Corman stuff. It's going to be cheap schlock crap that's just made cheap, and they can't but, but figure not out as why good as Roger make Corman money. schlock. Yeah, that's actually hard. There's a lot of heart and soul in that. So just I'm using yeah. Corman as the example of faster, cheaper, that's get it done, idea, right? right? Because that's what people did for years. Hey, that's a fantastic yeah. four. Burn it off. Hey, give it to Corman. He'll knock it out in a weekend with some yeah. duct yeah. tape and some silly string, and, we'll and, have a movie. and yet that was still the best Fantastic Four movie we've really had so far. <laughs> Shockingly. But, and then after all this, the next big battle is going to be where are they training the AI? And they're training it on DeviantArt, they're training it on Stack Overflow for programming, they're training it on free stuff that's out there that you've put out. They'll well, be training it on your Facebook. On to, your me, that's the bit, yeah. to me, that's you the know? biggest issue with AI. It's derivative of other people's work. Yeah. There's nothing new and original about it, and you're stealing other artists' work to make right. it work. It's classically <laughs> tale as old as time. The people making the art will not be directly benefiting from the art. Exactly. Uh, it's just a new, yeah. new form of the same shit. In a way, how is it any different than how it's always been? Sure. Meet the it's new boss. New other to- yes. 10 people at the very top instead of the other 10 people who are at the very top for the last generation. By, by the way, this lightning isn't VFX. This is practical effects. I would never <laughs> use AI. It's practically going to knock your house over. Studios have bought into the bigger is better by dumping 250, this is, by the way, by dumping 250 million into all movies. They forgot about the Joker, the Deadpool, and Logan. Low budgets with amazing, with amazing stories. The results are evident. I agree it's with that. Wild. Those All three of those are home runs, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm not a huge... So the funny thing is, I would have liked the Joker if it wasn't a Joker movie. Trying to give the Joker an origin story just was like, didn't work for me, but it's a good movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I think when I watched it, I didn't think of it as like a Joker movie. I just watched it as a, like a dog day afternoon type of thing. It's funny you see it that way, because that's true. Yeah. So, yeah, Uh, it's, but he's got an excellent point though, right? We're going to. That's the, and if ever, jeez, John, are you going to die? Are you Okay. (laughs) 
Are you going to make it through this evening? I'll be fine. If you see the light go off in the background, that means I've lost power, but I'll still be on because I have battery backups all over. Living in Am- Amish country is being taken care of tonight. Jeez. <laughs> if every, if Actually, every, you know what it is? let me say this real quick. It is God is mad because I wrote this piece of blasphemy right here. And you are actually <laughs> on the podcast. That's what's going on. To Gassan's point, if everything is supposed to be a blockbuster, nothing is a blockbuster. Exactly. Right? And that's the right. problem is everything is trying to be Star Wars. So you have these movies that when you think about like 250 million is a lot of money, but it's a dramatic you, failure, right? If, we, go back, we, are. we go back 20 years ago. We had what? The Spider-Man movies, the X-Men movies, and the Lord of the Rings. And they didn't all come out the same year. They were spread out. And it was like, yeah, it was an event to go to these big movies. Now it's another oh, every month. Like, oh, oh, almost oh, every week. It, it's like the executives are AI trying to produce derivative works to capture <laughs> that same magic. And they're pushing down the actual creators who could create something new that would get you that magic. That's not even a metaphor. That's like reality. Yeah. Did you guys see the TV show Reboot? The one that was on Hulu? With uh, No, it, it was excellent. Paul Reiser and uh, what, what's her name? She's so funny. From Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yes. Anyway, Rachel Bloom. Their show gets canceled because an AI bot decided it wasn't good. Yeah. Uh, and this was a couple of years back, and they already... Yeah, uh, I remember that. The show's... By the way, if you haven't seen that, it's a really, truly funny, like 30 Rock level funny. Nice. Keegan-Michael Key's in it. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Just, I missed this. I need to check it out. It's funny, it's called Reboot, but I always think the first, the very first computer-generated animation ever. Saturday morning, yeah. Yeah. The focus has, this is Kassan again, the focus has to be shifted away from superficial reasons. Studios are interfering with the writer's room. They want safe, but a billion and gross. Safe is good for TV, before bed, not blockbuster (laughs) movies. That's the thing, though, is these executives, their entire existence is based on making these choices and what's going to happen yes. is they're going to get fired. They're going to bring the next level of junior executives are going to get promoted up, make the same decisions. A calling will happen again. And safer. then the process will work. safer choices because yeah. they just watch the guy ahead of them. They, they don't even get, yeah. But they, the executives we're dealing with the same bunch of executives that have been around for the last 30 years because they may leave one place, but then they get hired in another because they all got golden parachutes. They just yeah. shuffle. That's all they do these but days. But that's the thing though, is the next group of guys makes choices to make the people above them happy or because they like said it just gets safer and safer. Like there are no Mavericks anymore. Yeah. And no, right, nothing was breaking. Yeah, like, I was just thinking every generation, your seventies, your eighties, your nineties, every generation had this really cool, like a Miramax, right? All, obviously, Weinstein, what a piece of shit. But like the movies that were coming out from Miramax at that time, that was, you know, and in the 70s, like that just Robert like, Evans and, thing. Like and in the 80s, the horror movie renaissance. But right now, the people who are who would be making that content, they're just they're not. I don't know if they're not being seen because of the amount of just bullshit that's out on TikTok and like all the trending things and the lower attention span or something. I don't know, because like right now I haven't seen that. And I guess like little pieces of it, right? A24, the that studio mm-hmm. company, like they're taking over. Mm. Yeah, but they don't. It's and it's funny because you're pointing out something also very interesting is that a lot of the stuff that's on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, social any social media platform, it's pushed by an algorithm. It's this seems to be popular. If this is getting clicks, it pushes it out to more people. And the same thing with oh, this hashtag is popular. So if you've got it, we're going to push it out to more people. 
And it doesn't matter if it's good. It's just derivative of the... How many times have you watched something on social media where it's just a redo of a, another viral video? No. He watches these dog videos on Instagram all the time. It's the same thing over and over again. It's the same songs. It's the same like bit of audio. Uh-huh. And like, and, but again, he's seven. And what's digestible in 10 to 20 second increments doesn't work when you ask someone to commit what, their brain to an hour and a half to two hours. What, I, what I'm getting at is that I know that's the thing. These, that's these things get falsely pushed up. Right. They're made to look like they're popular. And the, I believe the studios are making decisions based on those kinds of things that are going on. And it's, but it's not real. It's not really yeah, but it, Maybe at a certain point they're doing that because you say that it's like they're pushing it and then humans are a social species and we will do what others are doing to be involved in that. So part of us will just take the thing because it's popular instead of because it's good. Even the yeah. most well-accredited and studied artistic uh, appreciator of the of us will on some level and at some point say, I just want to be a part of this. Like even today for Book of Dave, I made a, that fucking the Bill Hader dancing thing. I made one of those because I was like, it seems to be everywhere. So I might as well and that's the thing, right? So even though I was using it almost ironically and begrudgingly, like it still got used. And so maybe these corporations, the, these executives, the, instead of even taking the smallest bet on what the people will like with algorithms and with that, they're just going to tell people what they like. And then it's game over. Yeah. If you are providing the only thing that's out there, then the people don't have a choice about knowing what so, yeah, sad, and that sadly, goes back we, to the monopoly issues that we're having. But sadly, there? we are sheep. But I think the thing that also yeah. proves this proves it a little bit is the Snyder Cut thing. Yeah. Barely anyone watched it, but that was something that was propped up on social media. Like it, and they thought this is something everyone wants, but only a handful of people really wanted the Snyder Cut. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't want yeah. it, but I watched it, and I did watch it more. The Justice that, League. That's that was cool we watched it on the show. Spot. Yeah, that's, that, we did that for the show. We were live. We live streamed. The, we watched it together, didn't show the video because I'd have gotten us in trouble. But we watched the movie and we were like, oh, this is better. It's not great, but it's better. Than, so, yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, I remember, I think I said the words I said, I'll never do that again. Yeah, that was right. four Pretty hours much. of my life. It was, yeah, it was fine, but I'm good. And it's, damn, it does, it's not working. Kassan says, studios are writing to the Twitter fan. They want to avoid the loud minority despite their larger fan base. And there's a lot of truth to that because the squeaky wheel yeah. gets the grease. That's been a, that's been a cliche forever. And yeah. social media just puts a giant magnifying glass on those squeaky wheels. So it creates these weird little echo chambers where, oh, man, this is what people want. Oh, no, it really isn't. Like, we're seeing that now. People are starting to write the, the epitaph of the superhero movie. And they're just there's just so many of them now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Too much. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We'll skip over the secret invasion thing and just go to the last story. Rumor. This is not confirmed yet. But I'm curious because we've been talking about multiverses. It is rumored that Ben Affleck has been spotted on the Deadpool 3 set reprising the role, role of Daredevil. Ron Reynolds would do that. Hardly yeah. he'd do I that. Could, yeah, that's uh, the Green Lantern bit. That's yeah. great. Come on. That's great. Probably do, they'll probably do something similar and it'll be super fun. And Yeah, if they make fun of what we've been seeing in the superhero movies lately, which is what I assume they're going to do, it'll be fine. We'll have a good laugh about it and move on. Yeah, I'm okay with it. And you gotta, you gotta figure. I guess Deadpool three, they're going to end it with him being in the Marvel universe, probably. Probably, for yeah. some semblance of him. 
which means that Ben Affleck might not be the only cameo. And apparently, Ryan Reynolds has a really nice Rolodex of phone numbers that he can call oh, up. He's been around a long time. People that like is him. part of the rumor that this is going to be like their version of the multiverse. They're going to bring in some of the X-Men characters and a couple of the different... What do, you guys, what do you guys bet they do loosely base a lot of it off of Deadpool kills the Marvel Universe? Because oh. oh. it, it does seem like a thing that's yeah. known enough that they would like a flashpoint, right? It's like yeah. well known enough, you can take little pieces from it. Cullen Bunn, right, wrote that mm-hmm. one. Give him some like the name credit on the movie too. But also, here's the thing about the whole bit is that it's Ben Affleck, and that I, as a Boston native, have to worship everything he does. <laughs> so not yeah. only so <clears throat> sorry. <clears throat> So not only do I think that this is the greatest thing that's ever happened in movies, but I also think <laughs> that you should all be so fucking lucky to have been at. <laughs> I, I hope you people fucking bow you down people, yeah. king of cinema. Argo. Mr. Argo himself. Man, it was, I'm, wow, we finally hear Ben's real voice. That's <laughs> awesome. I get it. I'm from Chicago. We had to worship every TV show Jim Belushi put out for the longest time. It's just in there. It's like, shit, another one? Yeah, according to Jim, it's great. You got to just follow along. I get Wait, it. Hey, what was Philly uh, Will Smith? Well, oh, yeah. he did a lot. That was going good for a while. <laughs> Connecticut, um, I got what, what was the director who put everything in Chicago? John Hughes, yes. Yeah, yeah, all, yeah. Everything he did is art. To be fair, when you talk about the hit rate, fuck. My man was hitting. The man was on fire until she's having a baby, and then it got a, then it became a bit hit or miss after that. But he had a murderer's row going there in the mid eighties yeah. for quite some time. Yeah, remarkable. It's like when you look at the track list for Thriller and or or what was the album I was just listening? To? Basically, any Zeppelin album. When you're like, you just look at the and you're like, how yeah. did you consistently do something so good? Ah, man. Yeah. I think every year or so, I come back to the John Hughes is an absolute genius. Oh, he's just at that time. Some people just are right there, right on the pulse. And he was mainlining existence into movies during a certain point. He was definitely like the voice of the mid 80s, especially that mid 80s suburban white kid. Like, John Hughes was pretty much speaking your language. It was wild, wild yeah. the amount of. Anyway, so sorry, total side swipe there. Oh, but, oh that's uh, never happened here before. <laughs> I, I, could, I could just talk about more Boston people if you'd like. It's someone <laughs> the other day told me that, <laughs> something, and I do it because that's what brought it up. Is that if you're from Boston, part of what you have to do is remind everyone about all the celebrities who are <laughs> from Boston. Because it's really like, uh, oh, Steve Carell, Steve Carell's from Newton. Or like Chris Evans. I had a friend who went to school with Chris Evans. He's a Boston boy. Apparently. Okay, Connecticut, Dustin Hoffman. That's all I got. Can, really? And maybe Barbara Hershey, too. That's not a bad one. I think that's a top tier one right there. That's how See. I met him. So You met you, Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. yeah, yeah when, I worked in a, when I worked in a bookstore. No kidding. And I almost slide tackled Barbara oh. Hershey. Chicago's what? You've got Second City, so you've got like everything. Uh, comedy from like yeah. the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Everyone came through here at one point or another. Yeah. Do you know, I finally went to Chicago for the first time in my life, I think last year, for Rose City Comic Con. The Rosemont Comic Con, that one? Yeah. Yeah. Was that C2E2? No, not C2E2. No, C2E2 is in the city, Chicago. Yeah, Expo. Yeah. That's what it was. So I finally went to Chicago for the first time ever last year. I hope our fair city treated you well. 
Yeah, sure did. One of the so I'll say uh, this is a, my thing about Chicago, right? You, like, how's France? Things are sweeter here, not so much in France. Chicago, everything on the outside looks rough, and then the minute you go inside any of those rough-looking buildings, it's like gorgeous. That's fair. That was my experience. Is like I would go to all these different places. I'd be like, this looks like the worst part of New York. Like these. To be fair, I didn't go downtown, but I I, I did. I went to a lot of places. But then you walk inside and you're like, oh, my God, this is beautiful. Like any uh-huh. neighborhood, like any city, the neighborhoods is where you get the personality. Downtown yeah. is all it's clean. Like downtown Chicago for black people think they hear that they think crime. is, But it's actually downtown Chicago is very nice and clean and fine. This, um, but it's the neighborhoods that you have all like the personality and you learn. everything. Yeah. Cool. So this might give you a heads up of where do you know the magic lounge? A magic lounge. I'm not familiar with that. Okay. That was I mean, one of the places like right near where I was that it, it's a speakeasy magic club. Ooh. And, oh, you were right. On, okay. You were right in Andersonville. Okay. I know where that is. The guy that owns it has since become a friend. We ended up talking that night and he gave us like a tour and he was, he played, I believe it was Jimmy Olsen in Batman vs Superman actually. Oh, no kidding. Funny enough. Yeah. 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 Wow. You guys remember that Jimmy Olsen's in the Batman Super movie for twenty seconds. He gets yeah. gunned down. Yeah, the, that, the that fella owns a magic speakeasy. That's really cool in hmm. Chicago. I need to hit one. I need to hit that place up sometime. That's it. It was a lot of fun. Oh. All right, let's so, talk about right. your book, man. All right, let's. We'll get to that. We got to pay the bills. So we're bills. Quick break. Another quick break, and then yeah. I'll tell you going to be all about that. Hey, Spidey, isn't Marvel's new Pizzazz magazine fantastic, but not perfect? But Pizzazz has the lowdown on Jaws, too. And more Sean Cassidy picks than his mother. It's sensational. Sensational, but not perfect. How about Pizzazz's goofy guide to TV? It's wild look at sci-fi movies. It's games, puzzles, comics. What could be more perfect? Me on the cover, not the Hulk. Pizzazz, the almost perfect new monthly from the -the off-the-wall gang at Marvel Comics. I've grown to hate that commercial, but (laughs) I really do have voice of Spider-Man. It's really grown on me. I I played that one in honor of Ben because, you know, of his blonde locks, and he should have been on the cover of Pizzazz magazine. Who is... (laughs) Wait, who is that? Did someone pay you to put that here, or is that just... just, No, no, that's... Okay, the commercials are put in as markers, but one way transfer this to audio we do inject actual commercials in okay. through our platform so the people we're live yeah so the people just, to this will the people watch have, live get a little wink sorry yeah. so they, the people listening to this right now will not have will have no concept of what we just watched probably <laughs> but no i leave the audio in for them because i didn't at first and people were so confused i'm like All right, I, I, the, I the, just the, wish i really wish <laughs> that you <laughs> put it in so <laughs> <laughs> and then you just say some shit about pizzazz and people go i don't know our listeners get it by now they know what's going on yes uh, and hey uh, if you were uh, listening to this on audio you should be heading on over to youtube and checking us out there you're missing a lot of fun stuff that you know just and if you, translate the audio and if you are here on youtube make sure to click that subscribe button thank and you click that bell for the notifications pizzazz <laughs> that was a thing that was a thing that marvel was pushing in the set was that late 70s or early 80s dave I, it's both late 70s early 80s oh oh i clicked on hey, the wrong thing book. but look there's your book 
Heck uh, of a transition there, my man. <laughs> all right, let's all talk about the book of me. The book of Dave. Uh, I love that you I love that you posted that earlier and it got me pretty good. <laughs> I, I didn't realize how many people I know named Dave until I wrote this book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I should have scoured my Facebook and been like, is there nope, no Conrad here. Book of Conrad. Perfect. <laughs> so what is let's start off. What is the elevator pitch for Book of Dave? Book of Dave is a prose novel, first of all, and for anyone who has read anything I've written before, it's all been comics, right? Mm -hmm. So this is my first prose novel, and it is 24 hours before the god of this world is coming back, right? So it starts 24 hours before he's coming back, and this the main character, Crispin May, is just experiencing that 24 hours, and then ultimately afterwards as well. And a lot of it, the biggest part of it for me that was what got me so interested in the whole thing was Doomsday Cults, right? So Doomsday yeah. Cults, they have a prophecy. The prophecy is set and most of the time doesn't come true. So what happens after your whole life? You've been told, yep, Dave's coming back on August 15th, round 20, or <laughs> we're in America, around 10, 15 at night. And you go, and it doesn't happen. And what do you do? Yeah. That was the part that was the most interesting thing to me. And then when you do some research on it, it's this thing called, and tell me if you guys have heard of this, cognitive dissonance. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, aware of that in politics right now. <laughs> yeah, all right, great. So yeah. then I'm done talking. You guys already know. No, uh, <laughs> it's really, uh, do you know who would know? Ben Affleck would already know about cognitive dissonance. <laughs> right. The um, idea that you can hold two competing thoughts in your brain at the same time and believe both of them completely, even though they're diametrically opposed. To and that's, and that is the key part, right? The diametrically opposed. These two beliefs, or if you were to peel them back, just pieces of information that contradict the existence of the other, it creates this power vacuum in the mind. And the ways that we, that that presents and then, and then what, mental gymnastics we do to get around it is fascinating mm -hmm. and especially when you put it in the context of a of this first person story it's actually written as if it crispin may was taking notes about everything the first page is basically the institute for higher education of new Jerusalem in ecclesiastic studies of davism or something like that essentially mm -hmm. presenting to you these texts and saying this is so it's written as if it's this first-person account of the 24 hours before Dave is supposed to come back and then doesn't. All right, new name of the podcast, Davism. All right, go. <laughs> the, 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 yeah, Ecclesiastic <laughs> Studies of Davism. And you know it, it is funny to say, because in here, it's if you don't believe in Dave, you're an A-Davist. <laughs> um, a lot of cults go through it, though. Where they, I, I happen to watch a lot of videos on YouTube by a guy named Logic. And he deals with some of these cult members that are like, oh, yeah, it's going to be Friday night. That's when we're all going to get going. And then it doesn't happen. They're like, oh, you see, what happened was that I was going by the Gregorian calendar, not the Mayan calendar. And now it's going to be here. And this is when. And, you know, it's just and the grift just keeps on going, except that some of these people really believe. What so that, I think yeah. that is actually a massive component of this book is that. The difference between those people who are the grift versus those who are 
that you lived their lives by Dave's tenants. And when you find out that they might not be real, how do you live knowing that you just wasted your whole life on a principle that was a lie? And, and the, the problem with humans is they can't do that. <laughs> and then what will happen is the grifters have free reign to yeah. then come in and pick up the beaten, broken spirit that you have. It is pressure cooker for people with the most vile of intention. And that's ultimately where the book ends up going. It's, I think a lot of people, because especially with the marketing and all this stuff, they think it's like anti-Judeo-Christian. And at the end of the day, because someone asked me the other day, they were like, I'm a Christian. Is this going to be offensive to me? And I was like, no, because the, what they believe, this Dave, even though it's a monotheistic entity, which we would most closely associate with the Judeo-Christian religions. It's anything that you've put your faith into and what you get out of that and what community you've built through that and looking at it through fresh eyes. So, yeah, but yes, it does. And especially because my background, I grew up as a Catholic, this iconography, especially because even if you look, we use the God touching David and God's hand is bled and it's obscured and it's not quite, materialized it's because that's uh, ai right there's a, no it's actually what well, i it's funny i'm very AI proud to that. say that this was a incredible artist and part of the kickstarter was the original art which is massive it's uh-huh. 36 inches and it's a big piece that's that and yeah. uh, that went up as the kickstarter and that got sold like in day two nice yeah, yeah, yeah. so that's what the book's about less of an elevator pitch much more of a subterranean drill elevator <laughs> that did I you, just there but you let me keep going so I, do you research any cults to for information or ideas when you were doing the book no fuck it research is for, for nerds <laughs> <laughs> yes of course yes absolutely like john's town and those kinds of things so that obviously that's a big one heaven's gate is the yeah. i think the one that was like a huge a huge factor for me you're looking at waco yeah you're looking at the the one in appalachia there with all the incest and everything anyway i can't think of the name of it right now but just cruise netflix it's probably on there and that was gone anyway yeah yeah tons of research and actually the thing that i want to do the most research in was there's a lot of information about recovery groups for people who were in cults and then it's it's probably the easiest to one for one it to Alcoholics Anonymous, right? It's these communities that are built on a mutually shared trauma and, and helping someone to essentially reintegrate into normal society. Those are really interesting because that's the positive side, right? That's because the sort of the tantalizing, the sort of the lascivious, the grifters, the bad things and all that, that's one thing. But then the other side of that, and which is... <laughs> What I really wanted to focus on, especially with the main character, was this sort of through the looking glass part. And yeah, Dave, tons of research. And it's super interesting. It's all so interesting. Again, that's why I wanted to, I got a bunch of other stuff I'm writing. So this is like a passion project. No one asked me for this. For better or for worse, no one did. And I'm asking, I'm out here like on Kickstarter asking people to to buy in to, to, to this thing that I'm that no one's ever asked for. Yeah, so interesting. And I hope you guys find it equally as interesting. Oh, it's a I, I, yeah. I find this stuff 
fascinating because yeah, I was gonna say I'm, I'm also a political one, but a lot of the problems that we're seeing today in like our political landscape is tribalism, cognitive dissonance, and then all the studies that show that when you when somebody really believes something and something that they believe for a while, and you show them proof that they're wrong. Nine times out of 10, they will, like, there's a skewing of logic towards what they currently believe. And even if they're shown proof positive that it doesn't, doesn't matter that they're completely wrong, nine times out of 10, they will ignore that evidence. And it's part of how our brains work. What's the phrase for that? It's something bias? Confirmation bias. Confirmation bias. That's the Dunning-Kruger effect. Oh, the Dunning-Kruger effect. Dunning-Kruger's fire. Yeah, yeah. That's, and for those of you that listen, Dunning-Kruger effect is, the less you know about something, the more convinced you are that you're an expert in it. And that proves yeah, that a lot. It's funny because that's tribalism is something biologically in us because it, we were. Yeah, it's an evolutionary thing. It's we an evolutionary to to thing. We want to belong to is, protection. was, in fact, something that helped us thrive yeah. as a species. Absolutely. Yeah, you're right, man. It's. <laughs> they say oh, it's yeah. the trait that helped us evolve, continue to evolve. And why Free communities? Um, well, like the uh, what's the other group of hominids that were there at the time that the oh my my ancestors oh yeah <laughs> you got the genetic markers but it's why we continue to go while other hominids fell away is because we evolved the ability and need to yeah Neanderthals we would form huge communities whereas Neanderthals would have very small communities it's just one of the one of the reasons but it was a helper so but it's also, like built into our DNA quite well, literally. Of course, one of the other problems is during evolution, groups would form, but then they would fight over food sources and stuff like that. And that's where tribalism really started to come in. And then it's why yeah. we're a-holes to other people that are different than us today. Like, and now we have vaccine deniers. <laughs> <laughs> and when you are sated and your need for the three basic safeties are, right, the Maslow, your food, shelter, clothing it then becomes a tribalism of ideas. Yes. Because we we have no need to fight over the food at this particular moment. So we will fight over the ideas instead. And uh, the I'm currency is the amount of people who agree with you. Yep. This, it's on Kickstarter, right? Yeah. Uh, we're only asking for 2,500. It's extremely modest, especially considering what just things cost to print. And I will be very honest. This is the first Kickstarter. So I've run four Kickstarters before we did all between 6,000 to 11,000, right? Like the one we just did for seance room, we made $11,000, right? I still paid out of my own pocket, probably another 7,000, $8,000, right? So what we made that 11,000, that wasn't enough for the four issues that we made with this book at $25,000. I'm hoping to actually make some money for the work that I've done. And, uh, and again, that's talk about modest. I'm looking to get the thing made, get it shipped, sent out and make a little for me. And it's still only 2,500. So we're trying, I was, it was, this thing is totally a passion project, labor love. If you are even remotely interested and you're watching out there, listening out there, jump on book of Dave on Kickstarter. As we speak, we are at about 72% to the way to goal. 
and we have about 17 days left as of this recording. So I do think it's possible. I also think it's a very different beast. Like I said, I did 11,000 before, but that's, you have Ben Temple Smith fans because we did a Ben Temple Smith issue of Seance Room. You have, we had Hackslash. We did a Hackslash crossover. So obviously Mm -hmm. you're going to get the, but those people, they might not be fans of this type of thing. So modest. Pros is different too on Kickstarter. Like you don't get the, unless you come in with a real big background, like you're a Brandon Sanderson or something like that, you don't typically get the big, like the average for a, um, a pros Kickstarter is typically a lot smaller than the average for a comics Kickstarter. That's just the economic realities of it. Yeah. Even if I you look up hashtags, if you look up hashtags, it's like you put in Kickstarter and it really, there's almost no use to doing like Kickstarter book, right? Like Kickstarter comic, I think it's something like 45,000 hits. And then Kickstarter book is like in the two or three thousand or something yeah, this like that. Is, it's a smaller marketplace, but it's growing. It's actually one of the faster growing market spaces on Kickstarter is the Kickstarter Reads platform. So it's good to see more people getting out there and doing stuff because I've been a big proponent of this for a while now. So I'm glad I'm back by your back, by the way. I bought a copy of your book. I'm excited to give it a read. Oh, thank you. Thank I, you. I, now, I, now that you have just done that, reasonably priced, correct? Reasonably yeah, 16, priced. 16 bucks. You can pick up the soft cover. Yeah. So it's $16 because then... You add the shipping, even 20. Yeah, that's what I did when you first posted it. I backed it. Yep, I'm in. Yep. I'm yeah, backing so right. Thank you for that. That's very nice. You guys, and thank you for giving me a platform to talk about it and maybe oh, get a couple more. Where's the option where you kill me in the book? I need. Where's the option? That's happening right now as the storm descends upon you. Oh, oh, um, that was, oh, cool. It's nice that you anticipated that. That was actually Dave. Dave did, that was the tier he picked right yes. now. Yes. Oh, to kill yeah. somebody else. Yes. Right? And yeah. I'm the right. Okay, got it. Yeah. yeah. Um, smite tier is what he. Smite tier. I have to write that down. That's good. <laughs> oh, that's it's, it's awesome. It's no lie. I love your writing and I love the concept of, of this because I've always been fascinated by cults. And there is a fine line between a cult and a legitimate re- religion as well. We're, we won't get into that too much. I don't want to offend too many people watching, but... <laughs> if they're in a cult um, and you're offending them, it doesn't matter. They won't know. I do they won't know. They're in a way. Listen, most cults, it's like, they tell you like, oh, the end is coming this day. And that's how they help you in. And then I love like when you're watching, who's the guy just passed away? Pat Robertson? Was he one yes. of the ones? Was he the ones, one of the ones he always said, oh, it's going to be this date and it's going to be this date. I don't yeah. know about that specifically, but you're talking about the 700 Club guy? Yeah. He, he used to old. do that. Yeah, it was definitely like, yeah. And then it's, but you're watching him and he's like asking you for money. And it's, if you really think the end of the world is coming, why do you need this money that you keep asking for? No, why does no one ask that question? That's what I don't get. The And again, this comes down to the thing that interested me the most, which was the how do you justify it in the face of reality? And this comes back to cognitive dissonance, right? Because yeah. you're asking that question from a place of you're not currently struggling with your entire identity wrapped up in the not knowing yes. of that. In, in, in the not knowing, you are not going to have to completely dismantle every part of your existence. And so it's easier to ask that question. Yeah. And so I, it, it was interesting because even going through it, it wasn't even, I wasn't even really, it was very cool to see the recovery process, but more like what John was talking about, the whole, we got the date wrong. We yeah. just, we did a oopsies on the math. Yeah, you know, wrong calendar, that, wrong. Yeah, that was the part that was super interesting to me. Is like in the ex, in the exact 
aftermath. So there's a part in the book. I think at this point, it's probably pretty clear that Dave does not come back, right? And there's a part in the book where Crispin, the main character in the exact aftermath, lots happened and so forth. But really, he's, at one point, he comes downstairs and he sees his dad watching baseball. And the player does one of these. Uh-huh. And it was, to the character of Crispin May, it was so shocking because he just assumed that everyone would just move on. And seeing that thing is what started to, what eventually becomes the chaotic narrative, which will make this book interesting and not just a documentary. Okay, cool. Um, and so quick question just to, so I, can under, so I can understand, this Boxer doesn't really, this doesn't take place in our world, right? Because you made up this religion for it. Right, it, no, not, it's like an alternate concurrent timeline of ours, but... No, yeah, Davism is its own religion. Is it the predominant religion in this world? Or that's the part I'm trying to wrap my head around. Oh, I see. I got you. Yes, in that it's, again, it's on national sports, right? So it's being televised. But it also is, it feels very small in a way, too, because where the town where Crispin lives is the town that Dave is supposed to come back to. And. Um. It's not like the, I forget the word for it. It's awful. The, in, in the Islam culture, the one, the tower, what's the Mecca, the Mecca, right? Mecca. Mecca. Okay. Where, and you'll see just throngs of people, rows and rows. So it's not like that either. So it does have a feeling that's more of a cult that is just okay. on the verge of being a recognized religion. Okay. All right. They they just needed a better marketing person. That's what. That's exactly that's where they're at right now. Yeah, they needed their version of Dianetics. We get it. It's a yes. They needed their own Tom Cruise. Is what they needed. Uh, exactly. You need a who, Tom. Who doesn't need their own Tom Cruise? So thank you guys so much for letting me on to talk about that. You're the first and maybe only podcast that I will or do because Dave was awesome and kept asking me. I think because <laughs> his name's in the fucking title. Yeah, yeah. I'm very. I have a huge ego. Yes, everyone. You know, I'm going to use the same principle, and I'm going to write a book called "The Book of Joe Rogan," and then see if it works. <laughs> oh boy! Upward momentum. I, maybe I mean, he's got eyes. The other day, I watch wrestling. Do you guys watch wrestling? I know. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> JD, uh, JD's never seen heard of that. <laughs> and uh, Logan Paul, like having to admit he's good while also hating his guts, has been so <laughs> tough. And the other he's day, really I was good. Talking to someone, and I was like, that one I know. And I was like telling them, and then they were like, "Yeah, but he's so funny." And I just was like, "Yeah." It's like when people go, Joe Rogan, man. Oh, I was just going to say that, man. He gets it, dude. He fucking gets it, man. There's mm-hmm. so many people in the amateur wrestling community that think that guy's got it together. And <clears throat> I just got to sit there and just, yeah, I'm not, just not, just not. You're like, Smile. You realize you're listening to the handyman. On Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. <laughs> Who was the least funny guy on that show. <laughs> Congratulations. You were less funny than Andy Dick, you piece of shit. But the funny thing Ow. about him is like, he's... <clears throat> I don't feel like he he started the show with any kind of agenda or anything. He was just a famous person that knew other famous people and decided to sit down and talk to them and was like, I'll talk about anything. But he becomes, because he's famous, it become, it takes off. And because of the, he'll sit there and smoke weed and just talk about stupid stuff with these people, anything and everything, like that attracts the masses, the four qu- quadrant type Morons. people. 
very well, stupid uh, things you know, he talks about. That's like the Blazing Saddles. Quote. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was going for on that. But it's yeah. funny because he's become oh. – because he comes so big, like anything he talks about then becomes news. And it's like, exactly. really? Like, that's where it gets ridiculous. But again, that's our society. So we're all uh, – Let it out. It w- yeah, it would be interesting to do another – if I ever did, I got other – things but we're actually working on a seance room novel too which uh yep that'll be all new issues of the seance room but done as prose instead but to do a book where another one where it's like another view of the same moment but from someone else like almost the book of leviticus the book of you have all these different right yeah you have all the different accounts and then it would be really interesting to have it as like a ostentatious podcast host like a joe rogan type and see it (laughs) Through that eye. Yeah. Be pretty cool. That's, fun. that's a fun idea. I like that. So you mentioned your comics. What else do you have that's out or coming out that people should keep an eye out for? Yeah, sure. So right now in previews, you can find, I forget, I don't know which issue, but they're now going through four of new seance rooms. One of them is a hack slash crossover with, that I worked on with Tim. Oh. Super fun. Really proud of that. And then... Three other issues of Seance Room, one of which was completely drawn by Ben Templesmith, uh, who is one of my favorite artists of all time and just a really terrific friend. So the and then I don't November, I think in November, my comic book with Alex Cormick, Alex Cormick, who did Road of Bones, Sea of Sorrows for IDW. He did Sync for Comics Tribe, which is just such a good horror book. Love his stuff. So good. Uh, You know, I love Alex Cormick stuff. Yeah. He the fact that he isn't the fact that he's not impossible to get to draw something right now is mind boggling. Agreed. Anyway, so he and I worked on this book called Ghosts on the Water, which Scout picked up. So that'll that's coming out in November. That one is essentially Moana meets Pirates of the Caribbean meets Indiana Jones. So it's definitely an action adventure book on the high seas of the South Pacific and so fun. So fun. And Alex drew it like a, it, i don't deserve it's good it's really good yeah <laughs> so yeah so be on the lookout for those and then obviously guys anyone who can support book of dave send it to friends the old adage of hey it doesn't cost anything to share if you can't back it share it that's that's oh everyone who shares a link and tags me in it ends up in the thank yous of the book Oh, cool. Ah. So Dave is actually geez, Dave is actually already in the thank you <laughs> note app. He's I also have. in the title. Wow. That must you can't get any better than that. <laughs> how, have you not, how have you not mocked up a copy of this with your last name under it? <laughs> hmm. Maybe I should do that yeah. when, I, when we're promoting the episode. <laughs> cool. So, cool. So yeah. So that's those things to look out for. All right. And as always, can where can people just so they know where can they find you on the social medias? At Instagram, M R B E N A U, Mr. Ben A U. And you can find me on Facebook, but really Instagram, Mr. Ben A U, that's where you're getting pure, just uncut Ben. <laughs> and don't forget that pizzazz, people. Can we add, yes. add a little more pizzazz back into the world? <laughs> Oh, we, we try every week to add pizzazz. That's why we have the commercial. No, you're doing it. You're, you guys are. Hey. There's a lot more pizzazz now. You have to play that commercial every week. And we are going to need a new commercial. <laughs> we play it a lot. <laughs> yeah. John said enough. He's uh, done with it. All, all right. right. I'm, Let's uh, claim it on the storms.
All right, you know what? Get it out before I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, smited. I'm, I'm going to end with our normal question here with you, Ben. <laughs> but I'm going to change it a little bit. So I always say, how do you measure success? But how would you measure success for Book of Dave? For Book of Dave? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, boy. Twofold. One is funding. If it, it never gets talked about ever again, but I was able to at least pay one bill with writing that I really cared about because people yeah. supported it. That's a win. That's a huge win. My, my wife always, she'll look at the number of the people who have backed it, right? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I'm looking at it like it's not at the goal yet, right? Or we didn't hit stretch goals. Because I, I think stretch goals, is if you in the first couple of days you hit it, stretch goal. So right now, let's just get the book made, right? So I'm looking at it and I'm like, oh, it's not. and she's looking at the number of the people who supported it. And she's, you realize that amount of people who just bought something that you wrote is incredible. Yeah. Yep. If it said two people, yeah. that's, yeah. So she has a really good way of reframing that for me. And that has informed my feeling on success about this, but I guess more in the long term, how it would be a success for me is if someone read it and liked it. That's simple. If someone read it and liked it. All right. Well, if I tell you I liked it, then I liked it. If I don't say anything, you'll know. <laughs> or if you're like, man, the binding was so oh, good. good. It was really bound. <laughs> no pages were flying out. All of them were in there, Then <laughs> That font was perfect. <laughs> and the numbers they were consecutive one two three one. every there was both a front cover and a back cover it was, it was, the number it was it went one two three you got i'm it. five <laughs> no four three sir uh, all how, right how would you guys define success of this podcast have you ever thought of that nope. oh no the tables have turned <laughs> You just woke JD up. <laughs> <laughs> just listen. I like listening to creators. Sometimes I get to become a, a listener again. I enjoy listening to other writers talk about what they care about and talk about what they're passionate. And sometimes it's fun just to get lost in somebody else's words and not have to shoehorn a gag in there every so often. I think yeah. this podcast, it's like for me, success came comes when we have Ron friends and Tom DeFalco on the show, which was, that was early on, but just, these are guys I grew up reading all their all the stuff that they did. All the Amazing Spider-Man books, the Spider-Girl, like getting to sit down and talk with them and then making friends like you. We've been friends for a while now and I just know that I could just say, hey, you want to come on and shoot the shit? You'll be there. So it's just that to me, that's success. And that the fact that these two haven't quit yet is, is also very good. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't have used that monkey's paw. <laughs> How did you use that monkey's paw? That's the real question. <laughs> Yeah, I personally, I have gotten to know people like Dirk Manning, Kaylin Smith, the guys at Cinescope, just all these creators, you, just the Kanapkas, like all these people. It's really neat. It's like JD said, I like listening to them. I like seeing what they've come up with. I've, I have, I have a whole bunch of tea dragons all over the place here on the walls. Like, was it, oh my God, what's your name? It'll come to me again. Kit, Kit Steel. Kit Steel. Yeah, Kit Steel. I've got, it's made my life more fun. And I like, we get to shoot the shit every week and talk about stuff that, that I'm interested in. I was going to say, it's interesting that both of your answers have to do with that self-fulfillment of being able to 
engage and enjoy, right? As opposed to the sort of more exterior. Nah, yeah, I learned a long time ago not to chase numbers. We're never going to be the Joe Rogan experience or I don't even or the Kevin Smith. Podcast. Maybe we should smoke on the podcast. I don't know, because <laughs> that'll bring him in apparently. But it's but it is better true, like, even it's and that resonates, right? Like it, when people listen to you guys, it does feel like you're actually in the company of people who are just enjoying it and and aren't necessarily fanboys right you're not just kissing ass so that you can get invited to the after parties but you're also clearly fans right so it's enjoyable so anyway it success measured and succeeded jd wait you didn't answer no we don't care about jd hey guys thank you so (laughs) much for jd if you can get a three count on (laughs) (laughs) if we skip social media madness that's a success yeah i'm happy I'm happy if I don't have to read social media madness every week. No, I just enjoy listening, getting to talk to people who are interested in the same stuff I am. And just, I don't know. I like podcasting. Like I try not to get, I try not to look at numbers. I try not to think about those things because I'm super competitive and it's very easy for me to get into that space. So this is something I feel like I don't have to compete with. It's just fun just to talk. And I just enjoy talking with my friends. And I'm actually going to add in, it's an off night because we're not on our normal night, but like, we have a lot of people who watch and interact with us when we're doing the show and put up a lot of Kassan's here every week. So yeah, he's our him. guy in the chair, apparently. It's... Yes. He um, just sent us the beta for his new novel, too. And I'm looking forward to getting to read Kassan's book. So well, he's been interacting with us for a couple of years now. And I'm real excited to dig into his work and see what he's got going. So that's going to be a lot that of would be a that would be success. Become a hub for people like that, that get to we get to exchange yeah. ideas and talk about this stuff and just enjoy that's, it. it. Yeah. That's why it, I started it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really it's tough, right? Because and I'm not helping because <laughs> we're a of, there's a bunch of creators and sometimes there's not really these platforms to to talk about it and get to put your work out. And again, it's I'm just adding to the noise really. But you know, so Thank you, guys, really, for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right. We appreciate you being on. Let's wrap it up with what we normally wrap up with. So we go around and we ask, A, did you learn anything on the podcast this week? And if you didn't learn anything, do you have anything to recommend? And Ben, you can go first since you're the guy. Shit. What did I learn today? I, you know what I did? I did. I learned that you, and this, I think this was before we recorded, but it still stands. You don't fuck with the guy who has passwords. That's what I learned. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. All right. How about you, JD? I didn't learn a goddamn thing, but I've found that more and more common as of late. No, I learned Dave's cat gets in trouble at the worst possible moments. Oh, yeah. No, I I learned about this book that I'm really interested in reading. I really enjoy reading the stuff of the people who come on our show. I like when we have guests who are interesting and and like to engage and aren't just in sell mode the whole time. I listen to a lot of, I I used to listen to a lot of writing podcasts and they got turned off with it when it just became, hey, buy my thing. Hey, buy this software. Hey, buy this book. Hey, buy this. Hey, buy that. So I really enjoy talking and listening to people and i was not on the show i don't think when ben was on before i think that was maybe before me i've enjoyed getting to know ben a little bit and i'm really looking forward to reading his book and it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun as far uh, JD, as buddy you're one in a million buddy i take you down to everett any day now right? <laughs> <laughs> i take you i would take you to the north end take you to some of the finest bakery mike's pastries you and i one day all right buddy i got silly i that's not going to go good for you when you have to smell me <laughs> you're going to take no. him through the big diggers <laughs> 
I, as far as recommendations go, I don't know, man. I got really like when I was driving in the car, I couldn't find a good book to listen to. So I actually just had a loop of Joe Blow like videos going on uh-huh. my phone. I was like listening to them, like essentially just listening to them, like little mini documentaries. Those are a lot of fun. Like I highly recommend really? this. The one those this is called Joe Blow on YouTube. It's just they do all these like little micro docs for like movies and stuff. They're like three to four minutes long a piece. Like we'll talk about here mm-hmm. stuff. Let's talk about the Wrath of Khan, or let's talk about the unmade Star Wars movies. And I just I oh, love. No, I've seen that. Yeah, Joe Blow Originals. That's what it's called. They're really good. Yeah, they're like, again, I I had to keep, because they're so short, I had to keep pressing new ones or just let it play. But it was a great thing to listen to. It got me excited to to watch some movies I haven't seen in a while. So that's, I recommend that. There's something I didn't, I find that when I have time to myself, which is between teaching and coaching and writing myself, I don't watch a lot of TV anymore. And when I find that I do, I go on YouTube a lot. Yeah. I'm turning into John, where I just go into YouTube and I just oh, don't do that. I know it's scary. I just find these interesting little things that I just again, it's mostly from just independent creators or people doing stuff that's just a little different. So I'm I enjoy that. So that's what I'm into as of right now. Yeah. Oh, can I get to, can I make a recommendation? I'm gonna please I'm do. Gonna There's a band that I've been listening to a ton lately, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. It's a fun name to say and a hell of a name. It's a fun band to listen to. So that's my recommendation for people who are looking for new music. Cool. John. Let's see. What did I learn? I usually try not to. Usually. Yeah. But there's a, okay. So on YouTube for people that are into anime and general geek culture, there's a guy who does a lot of shorts called Devante the One. And they're hysterical. They're just really short shorts. And if you know anything about anime culture, it is hilarious. Also on Netflix, I guess I'm into my suggestions already. On Netflix, the, was it, Skull Island is up, at least the first episode of it. Animated King Kong movie, or oh. series. And it looks pretty good. The sound design is, it actually surprised me because it, they've, it, they've, it's in really nice stereo, which you don't normally, they normally don't break it up like that. And the animation's pretty good too. Yeah, that's my recommendations and as, what I learned, I don't know, I, that some God is angry at me. <laughs> I, as soon as you said short shorts, what popped in my head is who likes short shorts? Same. John likes short shorts. All right. I like yeah. short shorts. I, I like learned shorts. that if you piss off <laughs> the almighty Dave, he sends a wrath down on John while we're trying to talk about the book. Yeah, because it lit, like thundered and lightning here for a minute before we started, and then all of a sudden... John's not that close to me, but he's not that far. I think God is trying to wipe out the Amish, and they all just live near John. <laughs> this there is you true. go. The Amish. Uh, boy, did they here. back the wrong horse, huh? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Uh. <laughs> I will also recommend that you go to Kickstarter and to support Ben. Get the book at Dave. You will not be disappointed. This man is an excellent and funny writer. I think you'll love everything that he does. So check out all his work but definitely support this Kickstarter. And uh, yeah, I'll also recommend that you go to superherospeak.com where you can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media at the top of the page and comic book reviews by our good friend Kristen. And also, don't forget to check out Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny because that is what we will be talking about next week right here on this podcast. God, I hope the reviews are wrong. I has oh, they're, already out? they're bad. There's some that's not looking great. It really, I try. I haven't read anything, but I'm just seeing the vibe, and it's not great. Mm. It makes me okay. It hurts my. Say soul. anything about a freezer? No, no freezer. <laughs> okay, no freasers. Right. No a refrigerator. You mean? Is there... 
And on that note, as always, thanks for watching. Don't let your cake caught in the door. Have a good week.